Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. The reading is taken from James chapter 3, verses 3 to 12. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea, are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. A married couple, both 60 years old, were celebrating their 35th anniversary when suddenly a fairy appeared to congratulate them. And this little fairy, she grants them two wishes. So first of all, she goes to the wife and says, "Uh, what would you like for your wish? And she says, well, I'd like to travel around the world. So suddenly these two tickets for a world cruise appear in her hand and she passes them over. And then she goes to the husband and says, "Um, what would you like? And he says, I'd like a wife who's 30 years younger than me. So suddenly, he's 90 years old. (laughs) So the moral of the story is be careful what you say. And that is the title of my message this morning, really, about being careful what you say. Because words are powerful. And if we go right to the, the very first words in the Bible, and God said, let there be light. God spoke words that brought creation into being. Hebrews 4 tells us, The word of the Lord is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And in Romans, uh, For it is your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So words are powerful, but they're also dangerous. And just like the passage that Jenny read, James talks about the tongue being a fire, a world of evil amongst the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. And I always sort of imagine James as being this sort of quite elderly disciple at this stage, and being a bit grumpy and sort of like always pours out sort of negative sort of stuff and it's like oh you've got to be careful you know Um, but it's absolutely true and the reason I wanted to give this message this morning is because 
of a very positive thing, the fact that your church is growing. And where there are more people, there are more personalities, there are more ages, there are people from different backgrounds, and there's more potential for gossip and for um, negative words being spread around. Quite recently, my sister, who goes to a very large Anglican church, I think there's about a 1,000 people in the church altogether, um, and she's their um, financial administrator, and I think they've got a budget of about £3 million to administer. Um, Recently, just through a bit of gossip, their church went through enormous um, ructions, and it caused the whole leadership team to have to leave, and the giving went right down. There were all sorts of uh, difficulties, and it, it actually came from one person, and it just shows you how one person's words can spread around and cause so much damage. And I was working it out, not that my math is very good, but um, if we had 10 people in the church... There's 10 times 10 combinations of people who could have arguments or disagreements with each other. So that's like 100 possible combinations. So therefore, if you've got, say, 30 people, that's 900 different combinations. And I suppose there's about 30 people here, isn't there? So there's 900 different combinations of possibilities for conflict and and disagreement. If you get up to 50, then it goes right up to 2,500 possibilities. And then if you get to 100, which is about the same size as uh, my church in Landrindod, then there's 10,000 opportunities for disagreement between people. And so this morning, that's what I want to really concentrate on, just being able to think about the words that we say, how we say them, um, so that as the church grows, you can remain in unity and not get into any of these sort of difficulties really because the devil really wants to divide churches and he does it mainly from within not from from outside so we're going to look at three areas idle words um, angry words and negative words and how to deal with them so first of all idle words now we all love a bit of juicy gossip don't we because it's always useful to actually have that little bit of information that nobody else has got and uh, in fact in Rayada surgery um, a few years ago um, that we used to have people in the town because it's a very small town there's only about 2,000 people and um, the older people in the town who were retired the, the, the old ladies they used to come and sit in the surgery there's nothing wrong with them at all but they used to just sit in there reading uh, magazines just to listen out for people who used to come into the surgery and go up to the reception desk um, to find out which were the, the pregnant ladies in the town so they could then spread it around and be the first with the news. So now if you go into radio surgery they've got uh, Radio 2 on really loud so that uh, nobody can hear what's said over the reception desk. But it's, it's having that juicy bit of gossip that nobody else has so you can be the first to tell people. And it's almost like it makes them feel important. The trouble is with gossip, though, it can destroy trust. And Proverbs eleven thirteen tells us, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. And so you can't trust people if you think that something you tell them is not going to be kept private. There's um, a well-known story um, about a, a woman who was cleaning outside a pastor's office. And... Um, she saw this woman go into the pastor's office 
and she knew this woman was somebody who used to have lots of affairs. And she disappeared, and this woman went into the um, pastor's office and stayed there for a very long time, it's like three hours or something, and then came out with a big smile on her face. So immediately this other woman who was doing the cleaning, she thought, I think the pastor's having an affair. And so she started spreading this story around, and it got around the whole church and then around the town, and it just spread and spread. Eventually, she found out that actually what had been happening was this woman had gone in for counselling. She had been having affairs in the past, and she was repenting. And in the office was the pastor's wife as well as the pastor, and they were just counselling her. So she was very, very sort of apologetic, and she went to the pastor. And she said, I'm really sorry that I've been spreading this um, gossip around. Will you please forgive me? And the pastor said, well... First of all, what I want you to do is I want you to take this cushion and I want you to take it to the top of the hill, just behind the church, and I want you to pull the cushion apart and let all the feathers inside go. So she did that and they just disappeared across the town. Um, But then she went back to the pastor and she said, well, now will you forgive me? And he said... No, what I want you to do now is I want you to go and pick up all the feathers that have been blown out of that cushion. And she said, well, that's impossible. I can't possibly go and pick because they've, they've just gone all over the place. And he said, well, that's exactly what happens when you spread gossip. It doesn't matter if you come and ask for forgiveness. That word has gone out and it's already affected. It's been passed on and passed on. And you can never pick up the bits um, of gossip and recover what you've done. And that's why it's so important what we say from that point of view. It also destroys unity, which is sort of the same as trust, really. Uh, Proverbs 16 says, A gossip separates close friends. And also, of course, gossip can lead to careless talk. So if you talk and you talk and talk, sometimes you can accidentally let things slip that you shouldn't say. And finally... They can be a distraction. And Titus 3 says, Avoid foolish controversies and arguments and quarrels because these are unprofitable and useless. Now, I used to be in a URC church in um, Raida for a short while, and we were doing some ministry in there. And we used to have um, these parish meetings, and I think we spent six months discussing a drain because it was vitally important, this one drain. And it was how much it was going to cost to replace this drain. And we, what we wanted to talk about was evangelism and actually sort of reaching out into the community. But all they wanted to talk about was this drain. And would it be feasible to reroute it around the church? And oh, how expensive would it be to make it larger? And you know, how often does it need to be cleaned out? And it just went on and on and on, meeting after meeting, just talking about this drain. So it doesn't actually have to be very divisive gossip. It can just be meaningless gossip that holds you back and is a distraction from what God wants to do. So what's the solution to idle gossip? Well, just as James talks about the tongue being like a a flame, a spark that sets a whole forest on fire, well, of course, in forests, you have fire breaks. They're gaps so that the fire can't leap across and it it stops the fire. And that's exactly what we need to be when we hear gossip. Be like a fire break and don't listen to it. Stop them before they start. 
You don't actually have to stick leaves on their backs like on the video, but it's just stopping listening and saying, I don't want to hear about that. And if you're prone to gossip yourself, and I have to admit I, it's, I'm preaching to myself here as much as everybody else, um, Jesus does have some very stern words to say about gossips. In Matthew 12, 36, he says, But I tell you that men will have to give an account, and women as well, on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Notice that he says every careless word. Careless word. So it is. It's about idle sort of things that we say, really. And that also includes when we have prayer meetings. You know, like, very often people sort of say, they share some piece of juicy gossip, and it's, oh, it's just for prayer. It's just so we can pray about it. And there tends to be an awful lot of sharing going on and not much praying going on. And we just have to bear that in mind, that when we do share something for prayer, we are really genuinely doing it because we want to pray. And in our church in Flanderindod, we're very careful that we only have a a small group of people who will pray so that we know that it doesn't become a gossip circle and that that's what people do. do, As soon as they get the thing that needs to be prayed about, it's prayed about and that's what we do. We don't chat around the subject. So, yeah, be aware of that. Angry words, the second uh, topic, really. You know, um, very often... When you get angry, it's very easy to lash out, isn't it? And you say things on the spur of the moment without sort of thinking. Or more like a, like a, a saucepan full of boiled milk, where it's sort of like you can watch a pan of milk and it just sort of sits there for a long time and suddenly it rises up and it boils over. And that can be very much like us with anger, um, especially, I don't know, husband and wives, but you tend to store up little bits of information or negative things that have happened in the past to use as ammunition for later. In fact, my wife's just turned up, so I have to be careful what I say now. But, um, yeah, so, like, when you, you have an argument, you've got all this ammunition of all things that have happened in the past that you can throw at your partner. And when we're angry, we just, we're not thinking about what we're saying. We're just, like, pouring it out. And I remember in, um, well, 20 years ago when I was first a pastor, um, we had a situation um, where somebody told me something in, just before a meeting. And I just, I'd already had sort of, I was a bit unsure about this other person who uh, was responsible. And I, told, I was told something negative about it. And I just like suddenly blew up. I really exploded. And I went over to this person and I shouted at them. And uh, I said, you know, what do you think you're doing? And it was really loud so everybody else could hear. And um, that person then walked out and um, it was you know, it was a terrible thing. Luckily, we made up um, and our relationship was restored and we still sort of exchanged letters now, 20 years on. But at the time, even though I'd apologised, there was just, there was never quite the same sort of relationship after that for quite a long time. And just those first few words, that lashing out without thinking about what I was saying, caused that amount of damage. And it's so easy to do when you say things on the spur of the moment and you're angry. And what we really need to do is just to sort of calm down and just not sort of let, let, it, let our anger uh, drop. 
And that is the solution for angry words, really. James says, be slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about righteous, uh, the righteous life that God desires. We need to stop. If we are really furious, something's happened, we just need to allow ourselves time to let that anger drop before we confront somebody over that issue. And also, just forgive them before you go and talk to them almost, so that you aren't storing up all the ammunition. Thirdly, negative words. Well, first of all, negative words, uh, just like um, idle words, can damage relationships. There's a story um, I heard about a waitress um, in a cafe. In fact, um, basically, um, these two uh, people were having a conversation. They said, oh, um, there's this cafe in um, Brecon. Uh, I think it was Nero's. And there was this awful waitress in there. She had this, she's got long blonde hair and um, glasses. But, oh, she was awful. She, she, take, she had a face that's really sour, like, like she was eating a lemon and she was really unhelpful and uh, everything was too much trouble she was really grumpy and it took her ages to serve us and you know everything was slammed down on the table anyway um this person actually went to Brecon and they went to Cafe Nero where this um waitress was and they sat down and amazingly they've served by the same waitress and um went through all the sort of you know, being served uh, and everything. Anyway, the two people met up again a couple of weeks later. He says, it's funny, oh, do you know, we had that same waitress, the, the one you, you were talking about, the, the one who was long blonde hair. And, her, and do you know, I served, it was terrible. You're right, you know, she, she was grumpy and everything. And uh, the other person said, did I say, did I say uh, Brecon? Oh, I meant Abergavenny, it was, it was the other one. So already that person had been coloured by somebody's opinion of somebody else. And so if you're, if you, I'm sure you've had that experience where somebody's told you about somebody who's really awful or they've got sort of bad habits, and then you've actually met them and you're already coloured by what um, they've said. I think my mum was telling me actually earlier um, about a caretaker at my sister's school and um, how awful he was, supposedly. So you're already armed with that bit of information and you were already coloured and it's so easy then to sort of think of those negative things be looking at the negative things that you've been told about and not see those person uh, that that person afresh and it turned out that uh, caretaker was very nice wasn't he yeah mum so yes so it it just shows people have different reactions and it's important not to take on board those negative um, things that people say about others. We also miss out on uh, God's blessing. And I remember, well, actually, a couple of occasions actually, sometimes when I've preached, um, people have sort of come up to me afterwards and they said, said very interesting what you said, but I noticed that your shoes were really scruffy. And I thought, so what you've picked up on. What I've said this morning, all you've noticed is my shoes. And whether they were scruffy, because yeah, it's new ones, actually. But um, Alan Hewitt, who's the, the minister at uh, Newtown um, Pentecostal Church, actually, it's Hope Community Church now, very large church. And um, he told a story about how, when he was preaching, he were, used the word bum in his talk. And afterwards, somebody came up to 
him and said, um, thank you, Pastor, but I, I really objected to you using the word bum in your talk. And he said, well, do you remember what I was preaching on? And she said, oh, I'm not quite sure. I, I can't remember. I was just so offended by using that word bum. And we can lose the blessing because we're just caught up on one negative thing and it colors everything else. So we can miss out on God's blessing, what he wants to say, because we're hanging on to the negative bit. And we do it with the same, um, it might be the worship's too loud or it's out of tune. Um, it might be the sermon's too long or the worship's too long or whatever. And we can always be dwelling on the negative and missing out on the positive that God wants to share. And finally, with negative words, it can be very faith-destroying. And I'm sure you've met people who, when you go to them, they're incredibly negative, and you just come away feeling, oh. We've got a Dutch person in our church. Um, I won't tell you what his real name is, so I'll, um, I'll call him Wilfred for the sake of argument. It's not a very Dutch name, but I can't think. Oh, Wilhelm, there you are, there's a Dutch name. Um, <clears throat> and whenever you go to him, I say, oh, how are you, Wilhelm? And he goes, oh. I have had a bad day. And you just think, okay, Wilhelm, what, 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 what's been happening to you? And then, oh, my business is not doing very well. And, and you say, well, actually, surely, you know, you, you've got a pension, you've got this, and, you know, you've got a really nice place to live. <sighs> yes, but, oh, things are not going well. And then he'll give you a whole catalogue of things that are negative and you're trying to sort of build him up but no everything is really bad and you just go away and you just feel like and your faith is just like sapped away in contrast there's a lovely lady called Gabrielle who um, is 82 and I do a bit of gardening for her and she's recently discovered that she's got um, a cyst on the side of her neck which they think could be cancerous and the doctor sort of warned her she said you might have to go into hospital very quickly uh, because I'm slightly worried about this Um, so she's having tests and everything and uh, I said well how do you feel about that Gabrielle and Gabrielle said well I'm 82, I've got to go sometime, she said, I might as well go from that. And she said, I'm not at all bothered, I'm going to be with Jesus. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's not that, it'll be a heart attack, it'll be something else, you know. But, you know, I've had a good life, you know, why should I worry? And I thought, gosh, what a refreshing sort of attitude to have. And even the doctor, apparently, because she told the doctor this, and, uh, you know, said, oh, you know, don't get upset. She said, I'm not upset, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just so positive when people say things like that, when difficult things come. And that is really the antidote to negative words. It's doing the opposite. It's speaking positively. Ephesians 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. And 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. So it's so important to be positive about one another, building one another up, even though it's one of the hardest things for us to do because we have that that natural tendency, don't we, to sort of look and pick and look at the negatives and look at things that are going wrong. I mean, it's in the media, it's the news, it's always bad news stories and it's always something going wrong. And it's, it's so difficult to be positive, but that's what the Lord wants us to do.
And more important than that, it's not just our mouths, it's our hearts that God is really concerned about because as Matthew 12 says, as uh, Jesus said, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in here affects what comes out of here. So it's so important to dwell on the positive things, absorbing positive things around. As Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it's really about absorbing all the positive things because that, that's what affects your heart and that causes what you speak out to be positive and loving and caring. Now, there's a little acronym, I can't say it, um, that is worth remembering. If you think of thinking before you speak, think of the word think, T-H-I-N-K. And here are sort of five things that before you speak, it's worth sort of considering. So if you take the T, is it true what people say or what you're going to repeat? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? And if you can say yes to all of those points, then go ahead and say it. I'll repeat them again. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? And if you just want to simplify it so it's much easier to remember, just think of true necessary, kind, those three. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? If you can say yes to those things, go ahead and say it and repeat it. If you say no to any of those things, it's best to shut up and not say anything. Let's pray. Lord Father, you know what we're like. You know that it's so difficult for us to keep saying positive things. We just itch to say negative things to point out where things are wrong. Lord, it seems to be part of our nature. Lord, we just pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, enable us to be positive to one another so that we can create unity. If there are things that need to be discussed, things that are wrong in the church, things that are problems that need dealing with, help us, Lord, to be positive over those uh, things. And discuss in a constructive way lord whenever we have disagreements lord that we would also be positive in their outcomes that would be quick to forgive and lord just help us to be able to do those three things before we speak that we would ask whether that what being told and we're going to spread is true ask you before we say something to somebody else is it necessary And is it kind? Lord, guard our hearts so that everything that we take in from the world, things that we see around us, things that we hear, Lord, that we would only take on board the positive so that our hearts would be pure, so that out of our mouths come all of those good things. 
whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. Lord, let us think about those things and let us talk about those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.